Yes. Happy Wednesday, guys. Great Lions win this weekend. But this is my last line special until probably draft night time. I want to go into focusing on other teams. So I have a new format coming out. So on Mondays, we're going to do normal format where I run through the teams, 10, 15 minutes, a subject, recap the week, recap the weekend, whatever. Then on Wednesdays, we're going to have Darone come on and he's going to do Pistons talk with me. We're going to have Pistons specials every Wednesday until the end of the season. So the one coming on Friday this week, because we're changing up starting next week, is about the um, trade deadline coming up, Boyan trade rumors, all that. And then on Fridays, I talk Michigan, Michigan State hoops. So this is going to be pretty much all basketball the rest of the way going up until draft night. And then we're focused on lines for a little bit again. But last line special of the year, here's some of my closing thoughts. Look, this is what I want to say. It doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me. They can't go out on their own terms. Because I truly do think this team could have get got to the NFC Championship. Like, very easily. San Fran scared me and should have scared all of you. But this team would have easily gone deep in the playoffs. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I would have put us against the Bills, the Bengals, the Eagles, the Niners, and I would be comfortable saying that we were going to have a good tight game. And I... Never said as a Lions fan of my life. It's just sad to me. You know, you finish the season eight and two. Your coach is on the hot seat. Things are looking so bad. You know, you have your owner addressing the media, backing her people, which at the time, I think everybody hated. Me included. I thought it was horrible. Looking back at it now, brilliant move on Sheila to keep them around. All the Campbell coaching errors early in the season. All the mistakes we were making on defense, the 400 yards we were letting up to Seattle, to the Eagles, the blowing late leads in games early in the season and not being able to finish teams off, 90% of the time it's going to bite you in the ass. And it just did. I mean, you can't start one and six in this league. It's a very short season. You finish A and two, and you give a fan base a hell of a lot of hope going in the next year. And a hell of a lot of reason to be excited for draft night. And I just think it doesn't sit right with me. You had such a good group, and I get it. You're basically running it back with the same guys. I mean, it, it, it's literally your free agents, and I'll get to it later, are going to be Jamal Williams, DJ Chark, Isaiah Boggs, and Anzalone, and Deshaun Elliott. I mean, those are your five guys that are free agents that you, you got to make a decision on. You're basically running it back with the same roster you had this year. You're going to upgrade some positions, hopefully, you know, draft night, you have some decisions to make free agency-wise. You have some decisions to make whether you want to expedite this rebuild and try to win now, which I think is the right move, which you told me preseason. You told me week eight that we're in win-now mode. I would have called you insane. You know, we're in win-now mode now. I think that you expedite this rebuild, you finish it now, and you go out, you sign a stud linebacker, you sign a stud safety, you sign a stud corner. I would love for money to be spent all over the defensive side of the ball. You spend some draft picks on defense. But it's the hope going forward that everybody's so interested. The, the nation's intrigued by Detroit. It, we are the future of the NFL. You know, expectations. You want to talk about raising expectations around here. 
during the Caldwell years, we were winning a playoff game. That's all that mattered to us. I mean, just slipping in the wild card, winning a playoff game was the expectation with Caldwell. We always have settled my entire life for mediocrity. And for the first time in my life, the Lions aren't settling for mediocrity. Us fans don't look like losers. Personally, we look like a city that's ready to win. The Lions just woke up the city. They just showed us this year grit. You know, they talked about grit all year. They grinded out that win against the Packers. They grinded that win out. You don't go into Lambeau and win easy, especially under the lights with, with, with something being played for for Green Bay. You want to talk about a culture-changing, franchise-building, whatever you want to call it, win. This was the epitome of a franchise-changing win. They lose this game on Sunday Night Football playing for nothing. Fans going the offseason with less hope than they would have with a win. I think everybody's walking into this offseason with a ton of hope, with a ton of promise. And you had a lot of young guys in that game ball their asses off on Sunday night football under the lights. You had Hutchinson make a ton of plays early. I mean, he was back there every play, whether he was sacking the quarterback or putting pressure. He was back there every single time that entire game. And then Kirby's pick to seal the game on Rodgers was the last thing I expected. I'm thinking in my head, Aaron Rodgers, six minutes with the ball, best game manager of all time. And you know what he showed? He ain't Aaron Rodgers of of six years ago. And what what did the Lions show? They're not the same old Lions. The same old Lions in that game, fold. The same old Lions in that game, let Aaron Rodgers take five minutes and 55 seconds off the ball and win the game at Lambeau and clinch the playoffs. But guess what? We were playing for nothing. And Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson let their nuts hang in that game. That was the best coaching I've seen in my entire life. That was one of the most well-coached, unorthodox coach games I have ever watched. They let everything go in that game. They said, fuck it. We don't like Green Bay. We're just going to we're gonna do everything we can to win that game. And you know what? The Lions did everything they can to win that game and, and send Green Bay home. They sent Green Bay home off of incredible coaching from Dan Campbell. You told me week eight that Dan Campbell would be coaching some of the best football I've seen in my life. I would have called you insane. But it's, it wasn't just a tiny learning curve he had. Like, you know, I, I wanted growth in his coaching. I, I, I didn't expect this guy to be the best coach in the NFL for the last 10 weeks. I, I just did it. I just wanted him to learn and get a little better. And by the end of the year, you know, he's doing a decent job game managing to, to the, to the point that like you're playing for a playoff spot like next year. But now, I mean, you look at how well he coached at the end of the year. I'd make the argument. He was the best coach in the league the last 10 weeks. It was the most unorthodox way to win some of these games, but he basically said every week, you know what? We're playing for a playoff spot. Every game's a playoff game. Why don't I just show everything and have more in my pocket next week to show? You know, the fake punts always were at the right time. I think next year, you're not going to see him do it as much. I think you're going to see him go for fourth less. Your number one priority this offseason, and I'm going to call me crazy, but I'm willing to reach at a kicker at Jake Moody in the fifth round. Like I'm willing to spend a fifth round or a late fourth, even we on the fourth right now, on a kicker. Because if this team wants to go from being a playoff team and a division contender, but not a division winner, 
And they want to go from that to, oh, shit, they're a Super Bowl contender. The Lions need to go out there and draft a kicker. A knockdown kicker. Look at every Super Bowl champ. Look at every team that goes deep in the playoffs every year. They have a knockdown kicker. No team in the NFL that I've seen go deep in the playoffs has a kicker that misses every single kick. Or you're holding your breath every time he kicks it. They don't win Super Bowls. Linebacker, you know, very important position to lock up. Cornerback, very important position to lock up in free agency this year. You need to upgrade both those positions. But honestly, I'm going to make an argument that kicker might be one of the most important positions for us to upgrade. Cybert's not going to get it done. He's just not. I mean, you're holding your breath every time he kicks in that game. And most of the time when you're holding your breath, he misses. I want a guy that I know when he's kicking for 45 yards is going straight down the middle. I need to know that kick's going in the second he's he hits the field. Because, I mean, Cyber, he's okay. But okay kickers just get you to the postseason. You're going to see a less aggressive Dan Campbell next year if they bring in a stud kicker. But the unorthodox coaching to win football games in a way that I've never seen teams win in the NFL before was unbelievable. Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn getting coach interviews. How about this? Aaron Glenn, shout out to him today. He was coaching for his job. He was coaching for his life at week six, seven-ish. He might have never been a coordinator ever again had, you know, Sheila stepped in and said, I'm done with this. We're done. We're firing everybody. Had she done that, we don't have Glenn in a job right now. Now, Aaron Glenn's getting head coaching interviews as an interview with the Houston Texans. That's pretty incredible. That's a really good story. And I think Aaron Glenn will be a very damn good head coach one day. But the fact he's getting an interview after what was going on midseason to where this team finished is incredible. And Ben Johnson, I hate to say, I think he's the third hottest commodity on the market right behind Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton. Somebody's picking him up. It's unfortunate. But a $6 million check is a much different check than giving him a $200,000 raise and making him a five dollars $600,000 coordinator. You know, it's kind of a no-brainer at the end of the day whether he's ready to be an NFL head coach or not. Why wouldn't he do it for that money? You know, I, I'm expecting Ben Johnson to be on his way out, but I think this team is perfectly fine with or without Ben Johnson. I'm confident in Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell to find the right guy to replace Ben Johnson. That's what I want. I would I would love, don't, don't get me wrong, I'd love for Ben Johnson to come back for another year. And I think it would probably make the Lions a top six team in the NFL next year. If he came back another year and Aaron Glenn, if everybody rolls back another year, we're top 16 and honestly, Super Bowl contender. It was the most viewed Sunday night finale football game in the last six years. Everybody was watching, even though the Lions were playing for nothing. And Green Bay was playing for a playoff spot. You know, the fact that that many people viewed the game and the Lions won, I think next year they're going to get at least three national televised games, not counting Thanksgiving. They'll probably get four. Look at Thanksgiving. I was looking at the schedule. I think they get Kansas City on a Sunday night or a Monday night game. They'll get the Vikings on primetime at least once. And I think they're going to end up getting 
Baltimore, if they get Lamar Jackson or Dallas back on, on Sunday night football. Now, I, I expect a lot of national televised games next year. I expect uh, this young team that shine when the lights were bright this year on national television to shine even harder next year on national television. I mean, you just had a bunch of rookies on defense come in and ball their asses off. Hodgson was there every play. You had guys on the offensive side of the ball show up when it mattered. You know, say what you want. Golf played an atrocious first two and a half quarters. But when it mattered in the fourth quarter, when he had to make plays, when he had to make big throws, he was making big boy throws. He was making big time reads at the end of the game. He played a brilliant fourth quarter, which won us the game when it mattered. And in the NFL, you know, it doesn't matter how you win. All that matters is that one. And even though that one did not matter, that one on the right-hand side of the column mattered for the Packers and made every Lions fan extremely optimistic going into next year. I also want to – I listened to a little bit of a Holmes' exit press conference, and he said something interesting that I'm not opposed to. Why well, you guys might be opposed to this. I personally think it's great. He said, I'm going into the sixth pick expecting to draft the quarterback. Now, with the intent of keeping Goff as the starter, Fine. Don't have an issue with it. I've seen this route happen before for many quarterbacks. Seen this happen for Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. They did this. You know, they sat behind good quarterbacks. Jared Goff's a good quarterback. I'd make the argument as a top 10 quarterback this year. But the reality is, is Goff's your quarterback for three more years. And year four, when you need to replace him, like for good, your replacement for him is going to be the 30th pick in the draft, the 26th pick in the draft. Like you're not picking top 10 again, probably for the next five or six years. Minimum. You're never going to do it again. This is probably your chance to take a quarterback, but let them develop under golf. Perfect. I have no issue with golfing your starter two or three more years and three or four years. Levis, for example, Anthony Richardson, they step in their starter and they're shining right away. If they want to go in and draft a quarterback and they have to, for me to, for me to draft a quarterback, you have to love him. You don't have to like him. You have to love him because I'm not wasting that pick when I can get a defensive player at six that can come in right away and make my defense substantially better this year. I think it's a good long-term outlook. And I would not be opposed to us drafting a quarterback to sit behind golf because golf earned his job next year. Like you can't sit there and say, he's not your quarterback next year. It's impossible, but I'm very proud of the lions. And I think going out there, spending a lot of money on a linebacker and spending a lot of money on a corner and maybe a little bit of money on a run stopper to go with Paschal. I personally think the lions should trade their pick from six to three to the Cardinals. Because at that pick, I mean, yeah, the Cardinals need defensive, but they don't really need a quarterback. Now, if the Lions move up to three, hypothetically, your number one pick is either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Your number two pick is going to be Stroud or Young. Now you're sitting at three and you have an option. You can trade up for the quarterback or you can trade up for defense. I mean, if you could Jalen Carter on that line with Hutchinson and, and James Houston, good luck ever getting past that line. I mean, that line would be historically good if they all stuck around through their primes. I mean, that's a historically all-time great D-line if you go Jalen Carter. Or if you get another edge rusher, which honestly, I'd be okay sticking in more at linebacker more than an edge rusher. And and that would be Will Anderson. 
I want to go defense over Stroud. I'm not a fan of Stroud. I don't like him. I think you need to upgrade your defense more. You need to upgrade that quarterback position. And if you're sitting at six and can't move up, you got to go quarterback because we need a linebacker and there's no linebacker really. That's an elite linebacker outside of Will Anderson. And he's going to be gone right away. Cornerback. Is it a good idea to get a corner at six? Is that a reach? Eh, who knows, but you can easily get a corner at 18. You can find corners all over a draft. You can get Keely Ringo realistically at 18, which is a very damn good lockdown corner. The reality of the story is, I I don't know what you do at six. I I think you have a lot of options, and whatever Holmes chooses to do, and this is the first time I'm saying it in my life about a team in Detroit drafting, because we are historically so bad at drafting in my life, between the Pistons and between the Tigers and between the Lions. I mean, historically, we're horrible at drafting, but... Whatever Holmes chooses to do, I'm right behind it. I will back it. I don't have an issue with whatever he wants to do. I think he has done a phenomenal job. He has earned my trust as a GM. And the Lions have truly gone from being my third most confident team this summer to number one. I am most confident in the Detroit Lions. I want 12 to 13 wins next year, minimal. You have playmakers on defense. You have playmakers on offense. You have JMO stepping into a huge role next year. And the little glimpses we saw of him in some of these sample size games, he was incredible. You put him in a role with him. Now you pair him with, with Chark on the outsides, which I franchise DJ Chark because I'm not okay signing him long-term, but you franchise Chark, you stick him on the outside, and you have the best route runner in the NFL out of St. Brown playing the slot. It's over. The Lions are back. If they can't get it done and win a Super Bowl here, nobody will. Because at the end of the day, the reality is nobody will care as much as Campbell. You have an owner, Al Sheila, that actually cares about the team. And Brad Holmes is doing a phenomenal job, and he has the right scouts in place. He has the right people in power right now. And I think going into next year, you know, the bar is higher than it's ever been. My dad has never picked the Lions to have a winning record in my entire life, and he thinks they're going to have a winning record next year. He hates the Lions. Things are changing in Detroit. Things feel a little different for the Detroit Lions. Now, the same old Lions fold against the Green Bay Packers. The same old Lions finish the season 7-10. and 10. They get everybody excited. They fall apart. They win seven games. Thank you, Detroit Lions. Thank you for a great season. Friday, I have Darren coming on for the Pistons special, so I will see you guys then.